are so many amazing perks of being sober. And one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level. And it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before. But let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about One Skin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash happiest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I'm here with my favorite guest. Yes. I'll say that because you hate it when I say everybody's favorite guest, even though it's true. Yes, I do. How are you doing, Mom? Oh, you're cute. I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm doing really good, love bug. How are you doing? Uh, Good, good. Well, today is a fun, exciting episode because I had a very fun, exciting week. Because yes, I hit three years sober. Whoop. And what that means, because I started this podcast, I released my very first episode of this podcast on a total whim, mind you, at your encouragement, if you remember, mm-hmm. Um, on my two years sober, which means that when I hit three years sober, this podcast turned one year. One. Aww. One year old. Good for wild. you. Good job huh oh, thanks well good for us nice. you're such a big you're such a big part of it well not not really a big part of you it. are this, <laughs> your, this is your super fun gig and i love it yeah oh i feel ah, like it congrats. feels like our 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 thing but oh, I'm um proud of you. thank you mm-hmm. but yeah so when i did when i hit two years sober i did like a two years sober milestone episode and talked about just like my little reflections and takeaways so I thought I'd do that again for three years, but I'm like, well, I do it alone again when I could do it with you and you make it so much more fun to chat about things. Ah, thanks, huh? Well, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to do it with you. I'm always uh, happy to have a visit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we get into that, wait, yeah. actually, you know what? Before we get into anything, 
I want to say one quick housekeeping item. Yes. Which is that this weekend or on Friday, yeah, my sober trip to Croatia opened up to be booked. And on the very first day, half the spots got booked. There are 20 spots available. Half have been booked, but half are left. And I'm so, I'm so beyond excited for this one. So to anyone listening, if you're interested, I'll link it in the, in the description of this episode. And it's always linked on my Instagram and my Instagram Mm -hmm. bio, but second sober trip. And I'm so excited. So I just wanted to mention that off the top. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. I love that you do those trips, hon. I'm pumped. Croatia, Mm -hmm. like everyone who I've talked to has said it's just unbelievable like has ruined the rest of europe for people because it's so nice wow it's gonna be an amazing one honestly you should Mm -hmm. i know right (laughs) you should come um but okay so uh before we get into like a little three-year milestone reflections Mm -hmm. um you hit 40 years as we talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a 40 year milestone reflection to share? You kill me. You (laughs) kill me. You kill me with these, with these think back questions. Okay. Um, Well, it's not thinking back. It's what it would be like from 40 years. True. What's your reflection? So uh, my takeaway for that is, um, which I was thinking about actually, not specifically what it's been like, you know, being sober all this time, but I've been seeing a lot recently, I guess somehow, I don't know how Instagram works or algorithms or any of that. Jazz, the algorithm knows that you're sober. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Right. So then I've been seeing, getting these little, um, whatever they are. Real. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> of, um, that you've been sending to me as well. That I forward to you when I see yeah. them. And it's see, I just keep getting all these celebrities who are talking about sobriety. And um, some I, you know, been sober for a, a while. Some are kind of more recently sober. Some I knew were sober. Some I didn't know sort of surprised me. But I think the thing that I think about every time I see it is, first of all, I feel so excited for them. Mm. And I feel if I were to think about sort of a reflection or anything that I would want anybody to know, like a takeaway would be um, stay with it because it gets Mm. so good. Mm-hmm. like it just does and I think in the beginning you can't imagine that in the beginning yeah. it feels so hard but if you just stick with it if you don't quit on yourself what's waiting down the pipe is just so good yeah right so true and more and more and more people it's so funny I feel like it's a there's like been a shift there are right? so many yeah. sober celebs lately. So many yeah. people talking about it and like in different ways, not just to like celebrities coming out saying like I'm an alcoholic or mm-hmm. like I've been to AA or rehab, but also just people coming out and being like, I realized I like wasn't living up to my full potential because yeah. of my drinking or like it, yeah. it affected me this way. Like just talking yeah. about it in a different way too, Yeah, which I think yeah. is important because it opens people's minds up a little bit to like oh, I could just quit as something to like improve my life. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Help my mental health. (laughs) 
feel better. Seriously, don't even get me started. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And it just is like, it makes you feel like you're in such good company. Like if you're ever struggling with Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I feel like such a loser because I don't drink. Brad fucking Pitt is sober. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Bradley yeah. Cooper, Lucy Hale, like I'm yeah. I could list so many that I'm blanking mm-hmm. on, but there's so many celebrities yeah. who don't drink. And it's like you can't not feel cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is interesting because I think um that's part of the problem with quitting drinking, is that you feel like you've removed the cool factor from your own life. Mm-hmm. because that's the thing to do, right? That's the thing that we think makes us part of or fit in or belong. And so it's nice when you see people that you think are cool because they're yeah. in that culture. They're, you mm-hmm. know, the celebs, it's sort of what we we think they've got it all going on, right? And um, yeah, and they're not, they're not drinking or they've quit. It does. It kind of like gives you a little different reframe for yeah for what it means to be sober right it totally does yeah Yeah. it totally just makes you Mm -hmm. feel like you're in such good company Mm -hmm. and um I would add on to mom to like what you said about like keep going don't quit it gets so much Mm -hmm. better I would also add like especially if it's taking you multiple tries like keep going because that's a little difference between you and I is you you really got it your first day one. And for me, it took some back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes I think if for people who slip a lot or yeah. like who have a few slips be- and that's like their current journey is like mm-hmm. day one again, it's so easy, I think, to feel discouraged and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to get this. Like, yeah. when am I going to figure this out? And like almost feeling like the slips are evidence that you can't they do can. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and so I yeah. think it's important to remember like it doesn't matter how many tries you've had this yeah. day one can be your last like yeah. there's no reason there is no reason why this day one can't be your last yeah yeah and I think the slips uh you know the slips um or actually your recovery from a slip you're coming mm. back at it again is evidence yeah. of how determined you are yeah. Right? right. To make your life better. Mm-hmm. Right. To re- Yeah. So Keep don't trying. give up on yourself. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just reframe that a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. say like I had a few before I had like a little month and a half period from deciding I'm going to get sober and having my first day one to when it stuck with a yeah. few times of drinking again in that time period. And I always say I learned exactly what I needed to learn from the times that I drank again. Yeah. exactly what I needed to learn. Like it just yeah. like gave me that last little bit of clarity of like, oh my God, this is, this is why I don't want to go back to This is why I don't want to keep doing right. this. This is how I don't want to keep feeling. This is right. how I don't want to wake up feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, for when you get like two weeks and you're like, oh, start to romanticize it again, it would bring me right back to like, holy shit, this is why I started right. this. Like I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. So yeah. The, they it's were just... important for me. Mm-hmm. They're learning opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anchors you into your own knowing, right? Mm -hmm. Each time, like a little deeper, gets a little clearer. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But no, I was reflecting and I wrote this in um, my newsletter this past weekend. 
subscribe happiestsober.com uh, to my <laughs> newsletter. Um, but I kind of like broke, I feel like I can look back on my three years and I've broken it down to like identifying like one main takeaway from each of them. And I feel like the first one from my first year, like the number one thing for me, which, you know, speaking of slips and being in that mm -hmm. cycle, which I've talked about a million times and you and I have talked about a million times, but mm -hmm. it was just really accepting like to stay sober, I have to be willing to feel uncomfortable and I have to like feel my discomfort. I have to sit with my uncomfortable feelings and the realization of like, oh, I can survive my discomfort Yeah, because that was what kept me in that cycle for a little bit there was like, starting like day one and feeling motivated, feeling good, and then really, really wanting to drink and then mm -hmm. letting myself drink because I really, really wanted to drink. Yeah. And then I realized after like three or four times of that, like, oh my God, I'm gonna really, really want to drink. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. it's not easy. Of course I'm really gonna want to. I've been doing it for a decade. And if I'm gonna let myself drink every time I really, really want to drink, I will keep doing this forever. And yeah. I'm just going to have to be willing to sit with the feeling of really, really wanting a drink and not freaking having one. Yeah. And I'm also just going to have to be willing to sit with the feelings that make me really want to drink. <laughs> like yes. the, the emotion underneath it. Like, yeah. And, and realizing that, you're that I can survive to that too. Exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. was my big, big, big one of year one was like, get, get willing to sit with discomfort. Mm-hmm. I love that so much, Maddie. And I think, um, you know, something uh, sort of in the beginning that was really helpful for me that I know is such a kind of contentious <laughs> uh, point or perspective, which has always surprised me so much. Is, Are you going to say you, the power list? I am. Okay. I yeah, am. yeah, go. Because this, yeah. this is interesting that um, there are very different perspectives on this word. Yes. It's so fascinating. I remember sitting in um, uh, in a like a training group thing that I was in, and we were talking about um, sobriety. And one woman in particular was like, "You know, I would never participate in anything like AA because I am not going to ever go to some place where you know they're going to make me say I'm powerless." And, um, you know, how sort of counterproductive she thought that was. Mm -hmm. And um, which I've always found so funny because for me, the idea of powerless isn't that I'm a powerless person. It just mm -hmm. means that I am, when I pick up a drink, I'm powerless over alcohol, when like when drinking. you start to drink, when you're I start powerless to drink, over what's going to happen. I'm powerless. Right. I don't know what the outcome is going to be because sometimes I could just have a couple of drinks. Be fine. Right. Nothing terrible happened. Other times right. I drink myself into a blackout. I mean, more times than not, let's be honest. I drink right. <laughs> into a blackout. But the point was for me was, um, and I'm powerless. Like I'm powerless to change it unless I acknowledge I'm powerless over alcohol, <laughs> right? Mm. If I keep thinking, mm. I can figure this out. I can do it. I can learn how to take a drink and just be a social drinker. I'm going to keep trying to do that. I had to recognize I'm actually powerless when I pick this drink up. And the moment mm -hmm. that I recognized that, then 
I became powerful. I became mm-hmm. empowered in my, in, in the decisions that I made. So right. Like me, saying you're powerless over alcohol was empowering for you. Hugely so because it right. really helped me realize like, who am I kidding? I cannot pick this stuff up and successfully, like I can't guarantee that I am not going to get wasted. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Like so mm-hmm. many times I had tried, I tried that I'm only going to have a couple of drinks only to wake up going, where am I? What happened? <laughs> what right. Day is it? Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I couldn't do it. And so, you know, trying to do controlled drinking, trying to drink the way I thought everybody else was drinking or the way that I wanted to be able to drink, you know, mm-hmm. Really, I think what I wanted to do was be able to get as drunk as I want and wake up feeling great. Like wake up with no remorse, (laughs) not feel bad about anything, right? Oh, isn't that the dream for everybody? (laughs) Yeah. um, So it was recognizing that I'm absolutely powerless in that regard. Like Mm. I can't wish that into fruition. I can't make that happen. Like when I drank, I'm... I've rendered myself powerless. And so mm-hmm. knowing um, knowing that piece really put me in a position of power because then right. I could decide what I wanted to do, what decision yeah. I was going to make, what, right? To me, it's like stepping out of denial. So I found mm. that whole thing really uh, like that concept, admitting you're powerless, that your life had become unmanageable. I found that really liberating and freeing and I think people maybe make the mistake and for some reason they seem to take it out of the context of just alcohol right I think it's like I have to say I'm you know a powerless mess in every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's the point of it at all right I Mm -hmm. I think people take it to mean like I'm powerless over alcohol and they don't like that whereas from your perspective it is like once I take a drink, I am powerless over alcohol. And yeah. that's like part of acknowledging my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And it is empowering to decide I'm not going to give alcohol the opportunity to have power over me again. Well, yeah. Right? Every time I had yeah. a drink, like alcohol was in control, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. certainly absolutely was not or else I wouldn't yeah. be sitting here having this right. conversation with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So – that's just my, t- that's always just been my, my take on what that is. Mm-hmm. But next for you, what's the second thing? You said there were three things. Yes. Okay. So three from, from each year. So year two, mm-hmm. I feel like year two was where I started to own my sobriety a little bit more in that I think for my first year and definitely a good chunk of my second year, I felt this intense need to prove that I was still fun and to Mm. be like, nothing has to change. Like no one, I didn't want anyone to be able to say that I had changed or that things had changed because I stopped drinking. So I was like, I'm still going to go out just as much. I'm, and I would often stay out way later than I wanted to, because I didn't (laughs) want to let other people down. I didn't want to be boring now that I'm sober. And I feel like I did have a shift in my second year 
of admittedly still struggling to always act on it, but like a real shift in my mindset around like, it is okay for my definition of fun to change. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to prove to other people that I'm still fun. And it's okay if it's not fun for me to be in a bar until 2am anymore. In fact, it's normal (laughs) for it to not be fun. For me to be out, like I love going out. I still am like pretty social and I like going out, but in yeah. different smaller doses, like I don't yeah. need to be out until, you know, whatever time in the morning. Sometimes yeah. I want to be and then I will, but like, mm-hmm. I think I just was able to own a lot more like, okay, I don't have to feel this need to prove that I'm still fun. And it's okay if I like, I used to panic mom in my drinking days. If I stayed in on a Friday or Saturday night, I would panic I'll be like, I'm such a loser. <laughs> I'm at home right now. Wow. And now like, I don't feel an ounce of that. Like if I'm just like, I, I'm, if I feel like staying in on Friday or Saturday night, I'll do it and like yeah. not have that anxiety around it anymore. Cause I'm just like, it's not fun if you're doing something that you don't actually want to do just to prove yeah. that you're fun. There's nothing fun about that. What's fun is doing what feels good to you in that moment. Absolutely. That's staying in, sometimes it's going out. Did you feel that way? So when you were drinking, if you were staying in, you felt like a loser. But when you first got sober and you were staying in, did you still feel like a loser? Or did you just feel like, how did you feel sober well, when you weren't going out? It was a process to get to the point where I didn't feel like a loser anymore. Sober mm. for sure, I think. Mm. But also hard to say, because keep in mind, I'm in lockdown for first like seven months of sobriety. True. So for the True. first while, there was no choice but to stay in but to stay in but no I do think yeah even in early days of sobriety I very much felt a need to be out Mm. like when I could right when things reopened for me right yeah right it's not so funny and even I even felt like when I went home if I wasn't out late enough I would feel a bit of that anxiety too like just that FOMO and anxiety of like oh my god I'm home and it's eleven, or you know what I mean. If I want to be home, so I think it there, like there was a definite shift of really acknowledging to myself, like, oh my god, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Like, I can just live my life and do what I feel like doing. And I still do struggle with the people pleasing aspect of it. I struggle to make my exit when (laughs) when I'm ready to. That's still a work in progress for me a little bit. But I have gotten a lot better at it. Yeah, I I think like. I don't know, like sometimes for anybody, like it's hard sober, to find normal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Regular people, right? It can just feel sometimes awkward. Like I'm ready to go. Nobody else really is. But what, you yeah. know, so, so um, that's just something that you just sort of keep figuring out because and would feel really different because, of course, you'd never want to leave when you're drinking. Well, that's the thing. And I remember, yeah. mom, you having to talk me down in the morning one time. Like mm-hmm. I was out until like 2 a.m. And it was for a birthday. So I would have stayed out anyway. Yeah. Um, but I remember I didn't I was done. I was pr- I was pretty ready to leave by like midnight. I stayed yeah. for the extra couple hours until the birthday girl was was done. But even like being in that late night bar env- environment made me miss drinking a little bit, brought up funny feelings for me. And like, and then I I spent the night and kind of the morning until I talked to you, like beating myself up. Like I should have been able to still have fun. 
that whole time. Like mm-hmm. something, like something's wrong with me for the fact that I wasn't enjoying myself for the whole time. Like I still should be equally as fun. And I remember <laughs> you being like, well, obviously like you, you had your fill by like, you don't need to be out. I think we we're out for like six to eight hours, like bar hopping. Mm-hmm. And like, you just reality checked me a little bit. Cause I was feeling like, oh my God, I'm no fun. If I can't be out until the last second and be having a blast. And you were and like, I said, not one of those people would want to be out out that if they weren't drinking if they weren't drinking they're only out because they're drinking yeah yeah Yeah. so that was a real shift I Mm -hmm. had to have Mm -hmm. what of like I of no longer being like having to prove how fun I am yeah anymore yeah did you feel any of that mom well I think I I'm sure I did I think you're so freaking young too yeah I think my equivalent was, you know, like you would feel like, oh my God, I'm out in a bar and I want to leave early. That makes Mm -hmm. me a loser. But I would be like, oh my God, I'm 21 in a church basement. Right. Right? Because of all the AA meetings are in, (laughs) you know, church basements. So yeah, I think I felt, I felt a little bit like a loser, you know, Mm -hmm. initially, like I'm not doing you know, I'm not doing the things that everybody else might The thing in, in your doing. 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when right? did that so, shift for you, do you think, and how? That mindset. Um. Yeah. Gosh, money. So hard to remember when. I know. When, even for happened. me, only at three mm-hmm. years when people are like, when did this change? It's hard because yeah. change happens gradually. It doesn't happen all at once. Yeah, yeah. So I, like... I would, I would be guessing, I would say like probably my first, for sure, my first year, I felt Mm. kind of funny. And even, you know, even though I felt uh, more comfortable myself, I still think, you know, it was awkward for, it was awkward for a while Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to have to tell people I didn't drink or You know, because I mean, there's always that feeling, or at least for me, there was, and I know we've talked about this before is, you know, you just feel like you're the buzzkill for everybody. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, great. She doesn't drink. Because we know that's that's how we thought of sober people when we were the drunk one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So Mm. I think that kind of feeling a little, I don't know, self-conscious or. But also it's remembering too that like that's how we felt as problematic drinkers. But that doesn't mean that that's how everyone thinks of a sober person, like people who Mm -hmm. don't struggle with their drinking. I think we really project with that one. Yeah, yeah. And I think – look, I think too in my day, you know, I mean think about it. There there weren't like – I think there were laws about drinking and driving like – there oh yeah right I think there like, were there were but like everyone did it anyway it kind of like loose. speeding it was kind of like speeding right yeah, <laughs> yeah I just think you know the whole kind of culture around drinking um it's, it's not like it is today you know yeah like, people don't drink and drive they right you know for the most part it's really frowned upon people know better people like I, I just think where we are um socially with alcohol is really different than yeah you know than how it was in my in my time for sure so you know I think like uh, um not drinking was um a lot more taboo it was a lot more taboo yeah that's a great word for it right to kind of Mm. be a non-drinker um a non-drinker well that's why AA is Alcoholics Anonymous right (laughs) yeah right yeah 
So I, I don't think there's the same, it's just not the same thing. You know, people aren't so shocked Yeah. when anymore. someone's a non-drinker anymore, right? Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. which is great. Yeah. So, and what's your third? What's okay. Your third? Yeah. So my third thing is pretty similar to your 40-year thing, <laughs> which is that like, so there's two, there's kind of two that I combined into one. Mm-hmm. One of them, similar to yours, is really just like the better it gets, the better it gets. Yeah. And that's like, I really felt like, like that. I think in my head, like once I hit two years, I was like, I've got two, like I'm in this, like I've got this. But like, yeah. I feel like in my third year, I noticed all of these little signs of like growth and progress that I never really thought about or would have anticipated, Mm -hmm. which I think I've talked to you about on this podcast before, but even like Mm -hmm. not feeling that same need for like a mocktail, like that wasn't like a a thing that I ever thought like, oh, that'll be a big milestone when I don't care what I'm drinking when I'm out anymore. Cause like that was a tool that I really needed in the beginning to feel included or even like being being home this summer and like looking over and realizing that like Jack and Sasha my stepdad and sister had started drinking and like had like a half empty beer in front of them and I was like oh my god I didn't even notice them start drinking I was like sipping my coffee and I didn't care whereas in early sobriety coming home was one of the hardest things for me when they would start drinking like my sisters and Jack I felt so left out. I needed to like get out my like bubbly or whatever to cheers them with. And it was so hard for me. And I was sitting there. I was like, I didn't even notice that they started drinking. Like all these little things that like I never thought about would be milestones or like, like I never even know, you know what I mean? Just like little things like that, that I was just like, oh my God, that's more growth. Like this is really just becoming normal life. And genuinely just this feeling of of like, it's getting better and better. Like, I feel like this year more so than ever, I'm so just like genuinely happy to be sober. And it's not like I'm not living for the morning anymore as much. Like in the beginning, it would be like, I get my reward in the morning when I'm hangover free. And now I'm like, my sober night is the reward too. I enjoy it. I don't feel that need as much to like motivate myself with tomorrow morning feeling good because I'm like not feeling that. You're enjoying feeling good. Yeah. I'm not feeling that thing missing as much anymore. Yeah. Um, So I think that was a big one. Just like really like, oh, it keeps getting better and it keeps evolving. Yes. Right. Like when you think, Maddie, like really, when you just sit and think about um, your life now, like, yeah, did you think it would be like this? Like what, when you, (laughs) when you think about what, when you think about what you were afraid of to stop drinking, what was, what were you afraid of? Like when you're like, oh my God. I, I know you've got me emotional. <laughs> I'm PMSing. <Right? laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like it really is. Oh my God. I'm emotional. Um, okay. yeah. Like looking back. Wow. That really does. That really just got me. Cause wow. like looking back on quitting. Yeah. Was so scary. Yeah. I know. I don't know why this got me so much. I think just because the way that you phrased it of like looking Mm -hmm. at life now and like it really did feel like the end of the freaking world. Like it felt like life would be so dull. Right. Like so dull. Nothing to look forward to. And it couldn't be more different. Like, like, fuck, like this year, 
all the people I've met that I never would have met mm-hmm. and connected with and like doing like my like immediately my trip comes to mind like my Costa yeah. Rica trip and like planning my other one and like all the I just feel like life like rushes into like just almost like support you when you quit drinking it's just like all the good things lined up outside your door on the other side of the change even though it feels so unimaginable at first yeah I know it's pretty like it's pretty I want to say like such a stark contrast when you think about what you were so afraid of when you think like oh my god what I was so afraid I was gonna lose right and it's like the dread you feel once you know like uh oh I'm in deep water here like I have this isn't working for me anymore I have to do it and that the the dread the depth of dread like the mountain depth of grief yeah yeah you have to do and isn't it incredible to think wow, we're like so locked into that story that we're telling ourselves in the moment, you know, like it's going to be so hard. It's my life's Mm -hmm. never going to be the same, like dull. That's a great word you used. That was really how I imagined it. Right. We feel like it's going to be so dull, nothing to look forward to, nothing to have fun. Like, and I think what a big fat lie. Right. I I know. mm -hmm. And like, I had the busiest, like, I had the busiest summer of my life this summer. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them were things that never would have happened if I had, if I hadn't quit drinking, you know, like even um, the other thing that really just got me in that moment too, I'm going to choke myself up again, but like how much I felt like alcohol was my bond with people. And I think of like the people in my group, like in my little happiest sober hub group who I chat with like twice a week. And like, I get off those calls feeling so like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I love everyone in it. And like the level of connection that I feel with those people, so many who I've never even met in person. Yeah. I'm like, I thought alcohol bonded me to people like, oh my God. And some of those people I have gotten to meet, like, you know, I went to Atlanta and met a couple of them and I've met some of them when I've been in their city and a few of them are flying to Denver this weekend and I'm going to get to meet them. Like just all, like, it really is like, for me, I think the number one thing too, as much as it's like, yeah, I really thought like we just said, life would be so dull and it's really opened up life in other ways. It's also just like, Oh my God, I thought all my happiness all my sense of connection came from drinking. It was like yeah. what I looked forward to. And I remember feeling like I don't even love being around people any that much anymore if I'm not drinking with them. At, towards wow. the end, that was really how I felt. And now I'm like the level of connection I have with people from being sober is just like, yeah. Yeah. Because I think really drinking is a disconnector. Yes. Right. Because you're, you um, are, are sort of numbed and cut off. Right. And I think you're not, you know, you're not actively present when you're with other people. It's just some, I think what happens is the bond is about where we're drinking we're like together. Drinking together. Yeah. And that is it. And real connection happens when we just when we're vulnerable with people, mm-hmm. when we really let 
people see us, right? Without the mask of alcohol. That's yeah. where you really find real deep, true, authentic yeah. connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It really, really, yeah. really is. That's been like one of the one of the best, best, best parts of sobriety is like the mm-hmm. people it's connected me with for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. just this, everything, the sense of purpose, the sense and conne- of just I was going like- to say connection to yourself, like yes. uh, never mind other people. I think what happens is, because I think that's what, you know, everybody's looking for anyways, right? You're just looking in a bottle for all the mm-hmm. things that are actually already within you, right? Like a sense yeah. of self confidence, self-love right mm-hmm. like all of those mm-hmm. things that make you feel mm-hmm. yeah good connected yeah. to life you're right what you were just saying purpose yeah. you know they all sort of stem from that and you can't you can't connect to that when your focus is disconnecting through yes. drinking yes. <laughs> right yeah oh my god funny. i know like mm. it really is like looking back it yeah it was what i looked forward to the most in my life. And I knew that was true. And I knew it wasn't good that that was true. And that was mm-hmm. the terrible feeling. It's that like cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah. It's like knowing, knowing on a deeper level that what you're doing isn't yeah. good, is, isn't okay, but then still doing it because you can't imagine not doing it. Yeah. And it just, yeah, like it felt so bleak to imagine not drinking. And I think that's why that question choked me up so much because mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, it couldn't be more different. Like mm-hmm. how much more fulfilling life is now. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that I always feel so deeply for people. I feel like, oh my God, just give yourself a chance. Right, I know. Because it really is the truth, right? Because when you're only doing the beginning part over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Sobriety just feels perpetually hard, but it's because you're yeah. only letting yourself experience the hard part over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And that's obviously not, I'm, I'm obviously going on about how great sobriety mm-hmm. is. And I just posted today about how Which much I also loved. like, yeah, it doesn't mean life's perfect. Like I've had lots of ups and downs this year, like mm-hmm. my third year. And this was actually the second part of my third year takeaway was yeah how much more willing I am to push myself out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like when I look back on this year, starting this podcast, mm-hmm. hosting my sober trip, flying sober so many times, yeah. which I never flying sober alone so many times, uh, yeah. like craziness. <laughs> if you had yeah. told me, I would have been like, yeah. as if no way yeah. <laughs> jumping off a 200 foot waterfall <laughs> yeah. in Costa Rica, right? terrified of heights, like yeah. so many things starting my group, like all these things I did that are, that were inherently like pushing myself mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone I've done. And so I think that's been my biggest thing. I feel like my third year has been, and like quitting my nine to five yeah. to, right. to do my, my work in like the All sober time. community. Yeah. Um, all things that are inherently out of my comfort zone, but it's like quitting drinking makes you, I think, realize your potential a little bit. Like you've done one hard yeah. thing and it makes you, I think, more brave and more willing to well, put yourself out of your comfort yeah. and zone. And it gives space. It gives space to do that, right? It's the old, yeah. like the universe loves a vacuum, right? Yeah. When you let something go, it's like for all kinds of other yeah. amazing things to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all of that to say, 
as cool as like looking back on this year, I think it's been probably, I think I can very safely say it's been probably the most eventful year of my life. Yeah. But there have been lots of ups and downs. Yeah. I had a lot of hard times this year because it's life, but like, yeah, it's not that it makes life perfect, but it's that like now, even though I did, I had a lot of little like rough patches mental health wise Mm -hmm. this year, Mm -hmm. but it's realizing like, even in my hardest times, no part of me wants to drink anymore when I'm going through those things. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? It's like, it's like recognizing my life is so much happier Mm-hmm. without alcohol right yep. and that like it's both it's like life is way happier and yet life is still always going to be life life it's is because, still life right and I think like mm. the importance of sort of those those moments those hard times is the contrast it gives us right it's necessary it's a necessary yeah. part of life right to like be somewhere and wanting things wanting something more wanting change wanting mm-hmm. right like wanting to be there when you're here like that gap we know that it's necessary mm-hmm. it's the thing that gives you clarity that helps propel you forward like that is just life it's not yeah ever going to be perfect there's always going to be things that you're reaching for or right like yeah that causes growth and that's yeah. yes And I loved what you said, though, like wanting more, because I think that's something that we're not, we can't fully be aware of while we're drinking. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you like when you're literally just living for five o'clock so you can start drinking? You don't have like when that's removed and you're not just counting down to that anymore. It makes you take more score of your life because you realize when all your happiness isn't coming from alcohol anymore and Mm -hmm. now you're just living your life, it makes you realize like, what well, the areas what are. Do I want? Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do I want more of in my life? What do exactly. I want to create? What do I want to move towards? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I know three, three was exciting for me. Like I felt so, I, I just felt really excited to hit three years. It felt like a big number. Mm-hmm. It was like, holy shit. Like that is a good chunk of time. Yeah. Like that's like I know, you know it just right. makes me feel so like right. I am in this like you know so it's exciting <laughs> and because it's always like I always kind of reflect when it's coming up on like three years ago today what mm-hmm. was I doing what headspace was I in and like mm-hmm. it is really cool to look back and to be like oh my god you're it's so scary and hard at first but your life really does transform you know what I love about taking those little moments to look back mm-hmm. is, you know, so often we kind of just look where we, where we are now and mm-hmm. compare ourselves. Oh, we're not where we wanted to be or where we thought we right. would be. And then we feel, you know, disappointed, um, which is ridiculous because you're always exactly where you're supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the nice thing about being able to reflect on things, I'm not talking about living in the past or getting stuck mm-hmm. there, but just, this moment of reflecting is it allows you to see how far you've come as you celebrate it yeah yeah it's like look what you've done whether it's one Mm -hmm. freaking day whether Mm -hmm. it's like whether it's like four hours and you've never gone past an hour right Mm -hmm. like you have this opportunity to go wow like look look where I am I was there but I'm here I did this yeah so I love that you can look back and think, wow, look where I was three years ago. 
Yeah. Like the day before my three years, I was like, wow, three years ago today, I was drinking for the last time. Wow. And like being able, like, I really remember it well. I remember the next day very well. Mm -hmm. And being like, I always remember because it took me a few tries. Day four Mm -hmm. was a huge one for me. Day four was my like, oh my God, day four. Because (laughs) in my drinking days, I would never go four days in a row without drinking. I'll maybe Mm -hmm. go two or three, but like towards the end, I was not going more than that without drinking. So I was always like, oh my God, day four. Four days, no drinking. I remember that one being a big deal for me. Yeah. And did you feel like four days, no drinking, I'm going to do day five? Or did you feel like four days, no drinking? This is how. No, I I felt like, (laughs) oh my God, this is a big deal. Like I've done four days because I was always... My little cycle in my in my few attempts would be like feeling good and then hitting like two weeks and being mm-hmm. like, mm, I could maybe drink again. Mm-hmm. Like the two weeks, I think maybe that lo- like Wasn't that little that space bad. from it. Yeah, yeah that, that little bad. space from it made mm-hmm. me doubt it. Mm-hmm. Day four, I was still fresh enough from my last hangover <laughs> that <laughs> I remembered how bad it was. <laughs> I wasn't kidding myself about it yet. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. But like all that to say, like, I mm-hmm. think back to that and I'm like, oh my God, to think like three years and to think that like how every single day is huge. I remember going into my sober app and checking off in the morning, pledging, I will not drink today. And then going into bed and checking off, like I didn't drink and yeah. like every day being an accomplishment. Cause it is, but then it's realizing that like, it doesn't feel that way anymore. It's just like life. And it's not something right. you have to think about anymore. When in the beginning it was something I had to be obsessed with. Yeah. Like yeah. I was so Focus. like obsessed with yeah. sobriety, reading, quit, lit, doing Mm -hmm. all the things like it was all Mm -hmm. consuming because it had to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it's really realizing how much it just becomes something that you don't even really have to think about that much anymore yeah you know just get on a podcast yeah (laughs) doing what I do but like in my in my life yeah in your life it's not something I have to try to not drink anymore yeah yeah that's pretty which doesn't feel possible at first yeah and voila here you are here you are yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maddie, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy Thanks, for man. you. Yeah. One of the things that sticks out so much for me that you used to say. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, I mean, of course, it always humored me because I, <laughs> like, I, I knew or I know, you know. And I'm sure it was so annoying to me that how great it you at be. the time. Yeah, probably. For <laughs> 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 sure. Oh, it's funny. But I used to, I, I remember you would say, like, one of the big things for you was like, I just can't imagine my wedding day, not drinking on my wedding day. You know, what's so funny. Do I don't even that? remember saying that to you. Oh, my God. I remember that. Like, you didn't want to, um, I don't think you wanted to be drunk. You wanted to be present on your wedding day, but you couldn't imagine. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's remember, it's thinking you couldn't imagine um, being married and not having a drink at the end. Of I the couldn't, day have, you know you. what? I couldn't imagine. Maybe that's what it was. I couldn't imagine not being able to drink with my significant other. Mm-hmm. That I was okay, so stuck on that yeah. because yeah. I think like for me, when I 
started dating, you know, my like first Mm -hmm. love from high school that Mm -hmm. coincided with when I started drinking. So I think I had those things very intertwined in my head. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what, like, if I can't drink with a partner, like, to me, that was just the most like exciting romantic thing. And I was like, how am I ever gonna (laughs) date and be in a relationship with somebody and not drink with them and have it feel as exciting? Yeah, right. So funny. And then you, you prefer to have a partner who doesn't drink at all. Well, yeah, now, you know, mm-hmm. I I did I did say this on Instagram, but first time saying it on the pod that now I'm dating someone who's sober. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And it feel mm-hmm. like it be it really it's be, it honestly is better. Like mm-hmm. it's better to not drink with somebody because every good feeling that you feel is so genuine. That yeah. sounds so cheesy. It sounds like the most cheesy thing, but it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't sound cheesy to me at all. Yeah. I I just know that it is true. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that I guess you you'll you'll know it when you get there. Right. Then you go. Oh, that's that's what Mm -hmm. that's what people were saying. That's what. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. so stuck on that though. I was mm-hmm. like, dating's not going to be exciting anymore. Right. There's like no, no excitement if you're not like getting drunk. <laughs> it's like, yeah. How ridiculous is that though? I mean, I can hear <laughs> how ridiculous it is, but it was so real for me. You know what's so funny is you can hear how ridiculous it is now because you're sober. But I yeah. bet to anybody who's still drinking, even if their drinking is or if you're in the early days problematic or the yeah. early days of sobriety, it sounds for the so first while for me. Yeah. And you know yeah. what else too, mom, that I just thought too, I think part mm-hmm. of what, cause this is, this is the first time I'm dating a sober person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have been mostly single for the majority of my sobriety up until now with like a few, few shorter kind of relationships but I I don't think I ever intended on dating a sober person because I still really liked for the first while I really liked living vicariously Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I liked the idea of my boyfriend being able to drink and me like drinking my you know non-alcoholic whatever I'm drinking like I wanted them to be able to drink because I think that like I felt like, oh, because then they're still feeling all that excitement right. that I right, right. can't feel anymore. Apparently. Yeah, right, right. Um, but now, or maybe yeah, too, is. you feel like if my partner drinks, it gives me a little bit of street cred, right? Like, hey, I'm still cool. I'm gonna. I think you feel that don't you? <laughs> I, I used, I, I really did. I think in the beginning, yeah. I used to feel. Uh, sorry, not in the beginning. Because I've been sober for so for so long, right. but I think um, for me, once I had a partner, because I think I always felt, uh, you know, a little bit like because like, it was my experience, right? Yeah, right. Um. Anyways, yeah. So it's kind of like I'm. Uh, yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm okay. Like I'm. Like you, know, he'll you don't have to you. worry about not yeah. me not drinking. I brought someone who will. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I thought I liked the idea of them being able to drink because then I was like, oh, then you're you're having that fun that I like, Mm -hmm. and you know, whatever. Whereas Mm -hmm. now I'm like, it's so much more fun to be not drinking with someone who also enjoys not drinking. drinking. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I, 
I really underestimated how much, how much I would love sharing that yeah. with somebody for Aww. sure. Yeah. What a great thing to know, eh? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Spring what a good years. chat. I know. I'm 40 years. Yeah. Well, I'm this really happy for you and proud of you. still your belated 40 celebrations because we missed them. Yeah. I don't need one. You do. I, oh, well, <laughs> I know. You're the celebrator. I do love an excuse to celebrate. As I say, I only got sober so I could have two birthdays every year. It's the yeah. only <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I can't, I can't keep up with you, Maddie. You've got Maddie's Eve, Moxing Day. We haven't told the podcast. Oh yeah, we haven't told them. (laughs) Real quick for anyone who's in my life. I make birthdays a three-day event because when I was a kid, I was like, um, why is Christmas three days and my birthday isn't? Yeah. So you get a birthday Why does Jesus get Christmas Eve? (laughs) Three days. And I think not. Moxing Day. Yes. You get a birthday Eve, and then so you Maddie get a birthday invented Boxing Maddie's Day. Eve, Maddie's Eve, and then Moxing Day. Moxing Day, like Boxing yes. Day, but with an M for Maddie. Right. And they don't do Boxing Day in the states, but it's the day after Christmas. People. I just heard that. Yeah, day after I know. Christmas. Yeah, three day um, birthday adventure. Mom, you've just made me realize what a missed opportunity. Uh, why didn't? Why haven't we been doing Eves? And Boxing Day for Sober Milestones. You're going to regret bringing this up because now they're turning into three-day events officially. (laughs) Well, that's good, Maddie. Life will just be one big celebrating. One big party. Celebrating party, right? Right? I know. I know. You think the party's over when you quit drinking? Just you freaking wait. Just you wait. (laughs) Oh, this was fun, Mom. Yeah, it was, honey. This was a good one. I loved this chat. This chat got me in my feels big time. It did. Well, I love all the chats, honey. Oh, me too. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then be sure to share it with a friend or share it on social media. And if you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be so, so amazing. Um, you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com and you can join my sober support group, the Happiest Sober Hub, also at happiestsober.com and I'll share it in the description of this episode. And of course, as we said off the top, my sober trip to Croatia is available to book. I'm so freaking excited and would love for you to join. And new episodes come fun. out. I know. New episodes come out every Tuesday. So we will chat next week. Mom, remember life's happiest when you're sober sober (laughs) sober (laughs) bye love you love you bye oh hey it's Erin and I'm Michaela and we're the hosts of the two sober girls podcast and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety forget the rosé all day cliche sobriety is flipping amazing Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty. Feel sexy and alive as F. 
So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.